Hello and welcome to the Bunnies Bias Podcast, where we talk all things bunnies, rugby league, and general topics. Now we're in pre-season. I can't wait till we get back into the season. I hate pre-season, but uh, you know the boys are back in training now. See, they're starting to get their fitness back up. I hope, I hope Greg's back in there. Um, We'll soon find out and see how his fitness is later on when the trials start coming back up. And I'm pretty sure he won't play, but um, we'll see See Dane Gay Guy start to get a run in. A few of the young kids, a few up-and-coming promising kids. Not, not anyone of superstar level, I don't think. I think we need to keep on to our, keep our superstar, the one, the young kid, Crichton, 100% for sure, need to keep him. And if he goes to the Roosters, then that'll do me. The, you know, the the fact that they can spend that much money and then still pick up a new superstar if they if he went there, uh, yeah, that, that should really confirm that we, what we all know anyway, that they're uh, rotting the salary cap in some way or another, or being allowed to anyway by the NRL. But um. Yeah, I still I still think that we should be making signings or trying to anyway. Um, you know, it's, I wish we had signed Cooper Cronk, even though it would have maybe forced Cody out, possibly. I mean, there might have been spots for him. Um, there's really only fullback at that stage that he could go to or with Farah and uh, Cook still at the club, it's really only fullback that he could have slotted into. And personally, I think Cook is probably the better fullback out of them. Just by that um, last game that he played at fullback um, against Melbourne. But I've also always thought that Cook would be actually a good fullback, even though the size of him is not. He's not a very big fullback. But I just think his burst of speed and uh, running off plays is actually quite good, and um, you know defensively he's he can he can be quite good. Whether he's good at fullback um, through a whole season um, would be something that we'd have to wait and see. But I just think that we've got a few too many players of the same uh, same position and same ability um, and nothing really different um, and that's what's really hurting us at the moment I think and you know not having even though we have the Burgesses we didn't really have they, they didn't play well so last year they, they weren't I think people figured them out they figured out how to tackle them and they just weren't making the meters even though don't get me wrong I still believe that we should keep them because uh, if you do look at their meters, it's actually not that bad, um, or it's actually quite up there com- with all the other forwards in the comp. But I just feel like they didn't have that X factor. They didn't have that score a try like they did um, in the previous years, especially when we won the grand final. They didn't have that where you know you thought every now and then they're going to break the line, they're going to get through and they'll score a try, or they'll get through and give that ball offload. They kind of missed that. That kind of went missing because I think 
they had such a bad start to the season where they dropped the ball and dropped the ball and they were so out of form that it actually made them scared to pass the ball or try and get through the line with some some different way because they were so worried about holding on to the ball. They didn't want to drop it. They didn't want to drop it. I think that actually uh, made it worse for them. They're only young kids, so, you know, confidence is a massive thing. You know, they're not like the older guys who just know if they stick to their job and stick to the same thing it will all come back it's a confidence thing so when they lose their confidence I think they start to worry and they try and change their game too much and it's like a balancing act and I think it goes one way or it goes the other and unfortunately I think for the twins last year it just went went a little bit too much to the negative side of dropping the ball and making mistakes and giving away penalties but I still think they they're definitely young enough and they're definitely good enough we all know that it's just um whether the coach now uh Seabold I think that's Seabold is um can get that out of him um um you know with the whole new coach you know was was Madge let go too early um you know is it the right time is it the right replacement um I'm not too sure if it's the right replacement I don't know much about the new coach. Um, you know, I've never been a big fan of assistant coaches coming in and taking over the coach's job. Um, I never really... It probably has, don't get me wrong, and people will probably be able to tell me if anyone listens, but if, if people would probably be able to tell me that um, it's worked before, but I don't remember a time where an assistant coach has come in right after the the coach that he was assisting to and done anything good or done anything great or changed anything. Um, you know, it's his first time being a head coach. Um, I know you have to start somewhere, but, um, you know, are we willing to take that chance of bringing in an assistant coach and seeing if he can change something? I don't know, and I just don't... I don't you know, it's like uh, players that retire and then come back in and try and coach the same people that they were playing with. I just don't think that works either. I think you have to be out of the game for a certain amount of time. The friendships need to not be there as much. Um, you know, you need to be able to make them hard decisions. And I think your, your opinion's skewered when, you know, you're best friends with them or you're playing with them and you, you see a different side to them and you know that they can do it but you just you you know you've got to give them a chance and your judgment gets skewered and I think that might be the same with assistant coaches you know they're there to make sure the boys are doing all right you know they don't do so much coaching and then they're not the hard ass they're kind of the softer touch and then when they have to come in and do the hard ass stuff can they do that um and also they're influenced by that that coach that they were just with so can he really change much, you know? He obviously has his own different ideas, but are they going to be a lot different to what Madge's was? I'm not too sure. Because I think if they were, he would have been putting them to Madge when they were losing. And, um, you know, I'm sure Madge would have taken them on board and not just thrown them out and thrown them under the bridge and told them, no, 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 just my ideas, because I'm sure if you're an assistant coach, you wouldn't stay around and do that. You would want some input at some level. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. But with the whole Madge letting him go, I personally thought it 
might have given him another year. I think I would have given him another year, just purely just off what we've been struggling with, being able to buy people, and we finally got Gay Guy. You know, I think that's a good addition, and I think we had a bit of a rough season. You know, losing English, even though I think our problem for since winning the grand final has been almost. Putting starting the year with a game plan, and then as soon as someone gets injured, that game plan's gone, and us having to spend three months, four months, sometimes even longer, trying to come up with something else that works. And we've seen that, you know, when we first start most most of the seasons, we've looked really good, and then we've had injuries. <coughs> Excuse me.、Um, especially with Greg, you know, we start him there, we start him at fullback. And he gets injured, and we don't know. The next minute, Cody's going back to fullback, and then Sutton has to go to five eight. Excuse me.、Um, and that we've struggled with just mixing things around when we just didn't need to. And I think that was Madge's biggest problem. He just couldn't get a balance that was right in the squad. I just don't think since the 2014,、uh, since the、um, grand final win, we just we haven't been able to. I think when the、um, we lost like Bentio, and we lost that movement off the bench, and then our interchanges came down.、Um, I feel like we. Uh, not the interchange is not so much because I feel like we were always the best team anyway when it came to our forwards playing the most amount of minutes. I think losing Bentia hurt because he was an eighty-minute and Chris McQueen he was like an、uh, um, you know an eighty-minute player or yeah yeah eighty-minute player or sixty-minute whatever yeah you know what I mean、um, could play the whole game but.、Um, You know, but we went from that to then having a few players that couldn't quite play the whole game, and we also, you know, Kiri leaving and then Cody coming in and then Cody playing good at fullback and you know Inglis being injured and us having to switch around our halves constantly. I just don't think that Madge ever got that side to be fully fit again and all playing well, which is hard, you know. Every team that usually has the less of injuries or have injuries at the right time usually go on and、uh, win grand finals. It's usually you have to have good players. Don't get me wrong, but usually a lot of the time, you know, they're good teams. That's what separates them.、Um, you look at Melbourne last year. You know, you had they had Cooper Cronk, they had Slater, and they had Cameron Smith the whole year. You know, there might have been a few games where they were injured and they didn't play. You know, but they got injured at the right time. You know, there is such thing as getting injuries at the right time. You know, you get your injuries at the start of the year, and they they miss twelve games. You know, it's twelve games that they don't have to play for the year. When it comes to semi-finals, they're twelve games fresher than everyone else in that in around them. You know, but they're, they're good times. But if they get them late in the year and they're coming back off an injury and they're not fully fit, you know, that's when you have the problem. So, I think just them, like Melbourne, they just didn't have any really bad injuries、um, to their main men, where we have for 
three years, really. You know, Inglis has been injured. I don't know how long his knee's been playing up with him for, but, you know, it's been a long time. I don't think that guy's been injury-free for years. Um, even the grand final when we won, he wasn't injury-free. He, his knees are starting to go on him. Um, not too sure if he needs to... Um, maybe cut down on the weight so it's not so much weight pulling on his knee or um it seems to be seems to happen every time he turns when it that's why i personally think he should be playing at center um just just purely just because of the, it's not so much turning in the knees you, you know you have to shift across and stuff like that from left to right but um it's more of a gradual turn, but I feel like he always does his knees when he's running back from the ball. You know, the ball's been kicked over his head and then he's got to turn and, you know, his leg gets stuck or something along those lines. And I just feel like, and running up into a defence line and being hit by a certain amount of people takes, when you're at centre, you're only really, you know, it's one-on-one or maybe, you know, the winger comes in and joins with that centre. Um, but when you're fullback and you're running it up from the back, you know, you, you've got everyone coming. Um, and, you know, when the kicks are put into the, into like your own goal line and you've got to try and get it out, that's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of weight coming down on your knees and in your legs when you're tackled by, you know, five, four guys, um, trying to keep you in that in goal line that they'll do anything to keep you in there. Where you play in center, you know, you've got that freedom. You're not going to get hit by five guys. Um, it's going to be a bit of a one-on-one thing um, most of the time. Um, so I personally want him at centre. Um, I think I would actually go with him at centre and Dane Gay Guy at centre. And then I would actually put Cook at fullback for the start of the year. I'd definitely try that in the trials. Not um, Inglis. I wouldn't put him in the trials, obviously. Um, but I think definitely Cook and Gay Guy um, might be able to switch... Uh, well, Gay guy could play at fullback, but I think he's actually a better better centre. Um, and then you've got Jennings. I think Jennings is a really good winger. Um, I think he just needs time. I think he has made a few mistakes. Um, but uh, I, I just, he's only young, and he's got, he, he definitely has that talent there. And um, I think you can definitely see his brother in him, like the way that their movement is and that. I just think he needs to find his own way and just um, give given some time. He might be he might be quite good and he's got speed and that's the thing that I like. I think that's the thing that we've been lacking um, is speed um, with you know um, some of our wingers. Um, well, not so you know um, like with Goodwin and stuff. Um, I just yeah, I just think him on one uh, on one wing maybe, um, and obviously um, AJ on the other side. Um, you know we've lost Goodwin. I think that is probably one of, one of the biggest losses out of any team in the NRL. To be honest with you, he was Mister Consistent. That man, I do not remember having many bad games at all, and always ran hard, always broke the first tackle when coming coming back his dummy half runs were very Hodges like but didn't get the praise that Hodges got um if you if you ever watch Hodges from the Broncos when he was playing when he ran out of dummy half it didn't look fast it didn't look speedy and scooty out of dummy half but he always never got tackled by the markers 
Um, he always broke usually the first tackle that was made and, it, and at least got over the advantage line every single time. There wasn't a time that you very rarely did you ever see Hodges or, and me personally when I watched it, Goodwin get tackled but um, not make the advantage line at least. And when you've got a guy making 11 metres, 12 metres, you know, 13 metres, that's, that's, you know, the guys are coming up five, the defence line's coming up five and then they've got a track back another 10 so they're tracking back 15 if them guys are moving up and tackling you at the five at you making five meters and they're tackling you in the middle you know they only have to run back you know um you know 10 uh you know like five meters you know what you know what i mean like it's just it's they they were making he was making the defense live cover so much more and that line wasn't getting set as much so that next forward that ran up had that speed and momentum and that line was still just standing still they didn't have movement on them I just think that's what we miss with Greg Inglis running from the fullback as well um, and it's probably why our hookers have haven't looked dangerous running out of dummy half as much it's because the advantage line is set. The markers are set. When you watch Greg Inglis run out from the back, you know, it takes five men to get, and he plays, gets up and plays the ball quick, plays the ball quick, plays the ball quick. And that's what we've, I think, may have lacked as well, is that quick play the ball and what Bully used to do a lot. Um, and what we were so good at with Bully in the team was getting that quick... When we won the grand final, even though he didn't play the grand final, but Appy was just as good um, at scooting that ball up and running and looking at the markers and seeing what they were doing but um that's what i think we've lacked as well is that quick play the ball um and not you know i don't think damien i would have loved for damien to kind of play the apprentice of from isaac um and you can kind of see how nathan pete's and um, even Appy, you know, how they got to, um, yeah, how, like, how they seen, like, they played that same kind of role and they got to, like, work with Isaac, because I think Isaac is brilliant. I think he was one of the best hookers that I've ever seen um, at running out, running from dummy half. Absolutely brilliant from running. The, the way that he could look at the markers and see what which way they were going were they set were they ready the amount of times that he could break through the line and give an off uh, offload to English to AJ to you know to Adam Reynolds to you know to any number of the boys um just getting through that line and just being able to spot you know I wish he never went to Warriors I wish he had retired with us but you know homesick and all but um, you know, and I just think there's a lot of things that Madge struggled with, again, you know, taking it back to the whole Madge thing where we started, but, um, there was a, there's a lot of what he just couldn't get back out of that grand final winning team, losing a few players and, um, you know, a few of the rules maybe changing that maybe, um, yeah, and, um, he just couldn't get him going again in a few injuries. Um, but I also think, like, I would have given him one more year, but I also think he was, there was a lot of fans that were on the train of that he won us a grand final and it had been, it's been so long 
since we had won a grand final and you know I went to the grand final it was great excellent loved it um it was yeah one of the best experience other than my kids being born you know and getting married but that was one of the best experience and that's all I ever wanted in my lifetime was you know to see a South Sydney in a grand final and win the grand final and that dream came true but I think a lot of people can't get over that I think a lot of fans um, are so appreciative of him, which I understand, I completely understand, but they couldn't get past that and see the actual performances of what the team was doing. Now, I know going back-to-back is, you know, so hard and nearly impossible, and, you know, the Cowboys did well, definitely did well, um... Uh, this year to do what they did but you know it it just shows how hard it is to go back to back um but I feel like our performance level you can only dip so far before it starts to get really scary to where you have to the the ladder to get back up is really really far and it's going to take you another five years to get back up there so I I take the New South Wales Blues for example. I think they dropped um, after you know losing Andrew Johns and and all that that and the Queensland side got this great squad. You know they got the the best state of origin team that has ever been, um, which in my opinion anyway. Um, but that was the the just an all stars team, and I didn't expect. I am a New South Wales. I was born there, so you know I'm I go for the Blues, but I was never expecting to beat that squad, you know, that's that's just an all-famous squad, but the problem was, is New South Wales kept on dropping, kept on dropping, and you know, they would stick with people that weren't ready, and didn't stick with people that were ready, but just needed time, or like, could have been better, they just, every year they changed, and every year they changed, and every year they changed, and they've just dropped so far down, and it's taken them... 11 years to even start to look competitive again. Yeah, they won one year once. It's so bad. Um, but it might even be longer now, but whatever it is, you know, they went on their dynasty run of 10 years straight. But, um, you know, it's only taken their old players to now start to get um, injured and retiring and stuff like that for... New South Wales to even catch up, barely look better. Um, and that's where I've seen South going. I've seen them making changes and trying different things, but never really getting anywhere and never being able to... Keeping players that weren't good enough just to keep players and then not playing younger players that were good enough but just needed time. And that's where I see Madge kept on playing up. Like, I, I, I don't like to get on the hate train um, as much as a lot of people do, but, you know, Dave Tyrrell was just not good enough. He, he hadn't been good enough for a very long time. And I don't care if you bring in a kid that's young, that needs blooding, that's going to drop the ball. He's going to make mistakes. But I would much rather you do that than have someone that is just an average club, uh, you know, A-grade footballer, you know, your weekend footballer, you know, 
the Sydney Cup, New South Wales Cup, or you know the Queensland Cup. You know that's what he was. He was not an NRL footballer. I know a lot of people get on the bandwagon of you hating the players. You need to support them, but you know it's a podcast. I'm going to talk about things. You know, in my personal opinion, and it's only my personal opinion. I know a lot of people feel different, but you know his just. I know stats aren't everything, but you know his stats were bad. Um, you never seen him score a try. He didn't have that X factor in him. He didn't have a pass in him. The one thing that he was good for was, you know, he's going to hold on to the ball because I've seen that guy get smashed how many times? And nearly every single time that guy ran up the ball. They sure did call him Superman for a reason because you could hit him with a freaking semi-trailer, like se- semi-truck, and he wouldn't drop the ball. But, um... Pity it wasn't like that when he was running up and, you know, he was like Superman running through things or flying through things because he never had that in the game. Um, Defensively, he wasn't excellent. You know, he wasn't a hard hitter or he didn't make people drop the ball. He just made tackles. You know, a lot of people pulled in. Yeah, but he made, you know, 30, 25 tackles. But if you actually watch him, he's not... He was never, very rarely was he the first point of contact, or if he was, it's a very weak tackle. You know, you want, you don't have to hit hard every time as long as the guy goes to the ground, you did your job, but you do want your guy to, you know, sometimes make a tackle that gets everyone up for it, or gets to drop the ball every now and then. You know, hits hard, slows the other player down quite a lot, but I feel like every time he made a tackle, we didn't quite get there. I just think we played him for too long. I think there was other players playing out of position. I think, um, you know, it took him the whole match, the whole year to get Cook to play at the fullback role. Um, you know, he puts AJ at the fullback role. And don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people think that he's a good fullback, but he cannot organise a line. He sits there, he's very quiet at the back. I've been to games where I've watched him at the back and purely just sat there and watched him. He's not a good organiser of the back line. His defensive reads can be bad at full-back. Very rarely ever see him stop a, a, a try, which you just need sometimes from your full-back. Um, I think he does one thing better than what Greg did, was was he runs off the dummy half a lot better. I think he reads that better than what Greg did, but he can be suspect under the high ball. Um... I just, he's a better winger. Um, when he's on that wing and he can just, he just needs to service and that's it and that's all wingers ever need. You give him the ball with some open space and he'll score a try. And we've had problems giving our wingers and centers open space over the last year purely just because our forwards weren't doing anything and our backs couldn't do anything off our forwards. You know, when we weren't getting up, and we weren't making the metres anymore, our backs didn't know what to do. And that was our biggest problem, you know. When we were getting smashed back and we were getting kept in our half, there's not much, so much you can do. But when we got the quick play of the ball and we got that move on, we got going, that's when Adam comes back into his game. That's when you see that side kick to the wingers. You see a good ball from him. But if the line's up in his face and no one's moving, then he's not a... I say Jonathan Thurston or Andrew Johns that will create nothing, you know, anything out of nothing, which, you know, 90% of the halfbacks can't do either. You need a forward line going forward and going forward, which brings in the backs, you know. That's 
that's what a lot of people I think don't get is this it is mainly even though the backs get all the praise because they score all the tries and they do all the flashy things it is a forwards game at the end of the day especially when it comes to semi-finals and finals games it's the forwards that win these games it's your go forward you go on forward and you're pressing that team back and back and back and they're on the back foot constantly when they're on the back foot and they're not moving forward and they're not meeting you at the advantage of meeting you halfway um that's when your backs can do something when you've got everyone knows a lot of people know when when you've got a team sliding and sliding backwards that's when tries are scored that's when when they're trying to catch up to you when you're on the outside of them that's when tries are scored and that only happens when you've got a forward line that's pushing them back and back and they don't get enough time to get back to being onside to moving up again and that's 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 how games are won um which we just haven't been able to do for three years um i keep on going on tangents i'm sorry about that i know talking about madge and um whether he should have gone as i said i just think it's just one of those things that we're just gonna have to wait and see and see how it ends um see how it goes so next year um it'll be interesting as i said i'm not too sure about uh seabold sorry if i'm saying that wrong it might be seaboid or might not even be any of that but um pre-season so you can give me a break on that but um yeah i just i i personally would have given him a one more year just to try and get greg inglis fit and given him given madge one more year but a bad decision so we have to move on um i did think that fans gave him as i said too much praise for winning the grand final and not enough criticism i think that's when it comes to criticism and south sydney fans it's like a um i think almost you know in my personal opinion of all the people you know on the fan sites and on you know the facebook and the people i've talked to and stuff it's it's you know it's always 10 percent of south fans i think are critical i think give criticism which i i would say i'm part of that 10 percent and then I think 90% of them just lean with their, their heart and don't don't really think about it and just, you know, South Sydney till I die, which I am as well, but, you know, it's a sport. It, these people play a game and it's entertaining and entertainment can be criticised, you know. It's, it's, it's out there. It's not to say that I'm any better than them or, you know, the people criticising are any better than them and, you know, that whole argument of, oh... Oh, you couldn't do better. You know, like, that's just not a way to have a discussion or a debate about a situation. If you think they're wrong, then debate them. You know, I see this all the time with South fans. You know, oh, you don't love them. You're just a bandwagon supporter or, you know, oh, you have no idea what you're saying and blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, the old, um, don't want to actually have the debate, but you're wrong. Um, which, personally doesn't make any sense but um yeah and i just think i just think 90 percent of them leave with their hearts which is what they want to do but i think there is a lot of people that need to be criticized from time to time and you know you get your head chewed off because you say the wrong thing i'm definitely on the facebook pages and the fan sites you know you say one wrong thing about one player and uh apparently you don't love the club or you you're not a big enough supporter and um it's just it's just not true you know people 
people also think that the players are going to see this. You know, the players are going to come onto a fan page and read all the posts about certain players and that, which I just don't think is, you know, it could happen, but I just don't see that happening. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a, most of the fan pages are private fan pages anyway, so if there was a player on there, we'd all know about it. But, yeah, I just think some fans need to lighten up a little bit. It is just a game, but it can be criticised, and I just I, I don't see why players, just because they play for our jersey, can't be criticised. But then when another player from a different team does something, you know, you can call them any name under the sun. You know, I'm not talking about you go out there and abuse them and talk about their kids or their wife or, you know, how ugly they are or how, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when it comes to their actual game, yeah, yeah they can be criticised. I think Adam Reynolds had his worst season ever last year, uh, this year. I think that was his worst season ever, all year. I think um, it was definitely the Burgess's worst year season all year. There's plenty of players that should have been criticised and dropped or, um, you know, Madge should have been criticised a lot more than he was, even though he did end up getting dropped. I think through the year, I think people just kept on going, yeah, no, no, we'll give him, give him time, give him time, blah, blah, blah. But wasn't given enough pressure by people to really get a move on. Um it was it was a very bad year for people like uh, for a lot of players there and they I just don't see why we can't criticize people um you know why can't we just you know move, anyway moving on from that um should be an interesting season not overly I'm definitely I feel you know it's gonna it's you're gonna have to wait and see where the trials go but trials are really nothing but i just want to see how a few of the young kids if there's any of them that can get into the game they can really um i'll have to do more research um on the younger kids coming in but um it'll be interesting to see if we can get a few younger kids that can really step up a few forwards um, hopefully some bigger forwards. I'm sick of seeing, you know, 100 kilo forwards, you know, second rowers and and stuff. We've just had no big men, like, on the bench, you know, when that's why I think that we had to play George and Tom separate, um, even though that does usually work well, but um, it's such a small bench when you didn't have, say, Zane and Tom on there. If you just had... Uh, you know, at one stage it was like Damien or Farah, usually Cook. It'd be like Cook, um, Tyrrell, um, Clark, and, you know, Turner or someone on there. Um, you know, it was like a, the bench was so small, we had no size. And you noticed that as soon as one of the big men comes on and they came on, you could just tell, you know. The other team just usually steamrolled through us. Just that size. Just need some big fellas in there. Maybe, you know, Zane... Yeah, I'm not over... I think he's a good footballer. Um, he hasn't... Not every player has to be that X-factor. Not every player has to be a superstar. It's just not reasonable. But I'm not too sure if he's shown me enough yet that I don't think you could get from a lot of other players. Um... You know, you do have to have some average players in your team. You know, the salary cap does call for that, but I'm not too sure if we could find maybe some better talent 
um, than him. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we can get some new, new kids in there. Um, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not too sure if, if we can go any further than maybe, you know, a top six, um, I think maybe like a, probably maybe like, I think fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth is probably our spot, um, we need no injuries, we can't afford injuries, not to our main main people anyway. I think Greg, I think it's going to be interesting to see what position Greg plays in. Um, it'd be interesting to see what, actually the way the whole team is set up. We don't have, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of two hookers. I never have been, I never, you know, I probably never will be. I think it's a waste of a place. I think if you're a dummy half, you should play 80 minutes. I don't think there's anything... I've never seen great nines not play 80 minutes, you know. I've seen average nines play 40 minutes each, but I've never seen great nines play. If you're a great nine, you should be staying on that field. You know, you look at all the best hookers and what was the same, they they never came off. Smith doesn't come off. Smith has usually... They have to be up by 50 points to come off. You know, even if they're winning by 30, you know, he doesn't come off. It's only later on in the year when they're about to go into the finals he might start coming off. But you'd, you wouldn't. You, why would you? Why would you take your best, you know, your best number nine off? You know, it's like running... Your number nine is a pivotal person. He's the pivotal man from going left or right to making that direction of which way do I go to the 5.8, do I go to the half, which forward do I go, I'm looking at the line, do I run? So many decisions go through that hooker. Do I kick to help the halfback out? Do I help the 5.8 out? You know, do I follow up this, this man? When do I dart? When do I run? Do I try and score here? You know, there's so many decisions. They're just as important as the half and the 5.8. You know, they're probably more important than the 5.8 these days. The 5'8 can usually is a second rower, um, you know. The 5'8 position is kind of, you know, it's a mix between an actual 5'8, like a Morgan, and then like a 5'8 like what we have with Sutton. So, you know, there's other 5'8s that are like that as well. But, um, you know, with Cartwright, and, you know, I'm not, not saying that he's always at six, or I think he was, but, um, you know, that secondary rowy, locky kind of 5'8. Um, but if the number nine is such a pivotal position with, um, in the game these days that I just don't think that that pivotal person should be switched between another player, um, just because that other player is, you know, a speedy, quick and can come on and do a little bit of here, a little bit of that. I just think having that consistency of everyone knowing who the hooker is, and how they play and how the half knows that that hooker plays is where it should be. I don't, you know, um, so with that, I'm not a big fan of Farah and Cook um, if they're both playing a dummy half. I know there was talk about Farah playing at halfback, which I'm just, I'm just not a fan of. Um, I think Farah's, for me personally, 
has done his time. I really do think that we need to move on from him and the money that we're paying for him. I really just don't think that that money is well spent. I think even though Tigers are paying for half of that or however it works, but I really don't like... Um, I just don't think he brings enough. And I think we, we I would much rather his blood younger players. And I think... I'm not too sure if Cook's good enough at dummy half. Um, excuse me, a um, bit of a block nose. But um, I just don't... Yeah, I don't know if he's good enough um, at dummy half as well. Like Cook, I think he might be a better fullback than he is um, at hooker. But um, I will just have to wait and see, I guess. I think I'll do some research on you know some of the new guys and um, see where that's looking, see if there's any new additions in there. Um, I'll probably ask some of the fan pages and see, you know, what they'd like me to discuss. Um, let me know if you if you want me to discuss anything, or even if maybe you wanted to join the bog, the podcast, um, we could work something out. But um, well, that would do it for the Bunnies Bias podcast for this time. Thank you for listening, and. Um, uh, this is literally my first time on the thing. I just thought I'd try it and give it a go. But if there's a subscribe button, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Whatever it is. But um, let me know. And if you have any questions or you want a topic discussed or however you want me to improve, whatever it may be, I'll uh, talk to you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Cheers.